The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbooks. Use promo code SGP when you sign up for a $4 into $256 if the college basketball underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's right, promo code SGP to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbooks. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. We are also brought to you by BetQL. BetQL is your home for the info you need to make yourself a smarter better. NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, they've got you covered. Go to BetQL.com, promo code SGP30. That's BetQL.com, promo code SGP30 for 30% off. And next, we're brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best college sports better in the entire country? Odds Crowd is challenging you to prove it with the free March Madness fantasy betting contest with over $8,000 in cash prizes. Download their app today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. And next we're brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is running a free bracket-style capper contest with a chance to win up to $5,500. To enter, just go to betterthan.vegas and don't forget to let them know that SGP sent you. And next we're brought to you by PicksWise. Follow the PicksWise capper contest at PicksWise.com for free picks and analysis throughout the tournament from the likes of John Rothstein, Rashad Phillips, Jeff Nadu, and more. See which expert is trending hot as they battle it out for a winner-take-all $10,000 prize over at PicksWise.com. And finally, we're also brought to you by Better Edge. Better Edge operates like a stock exchange for the sports world. Pick the teams that you like and have someone else buy the other side of that bet. Sign up at BetterEdge.com, promo code SGP, for a free $10 play. That's B-E-T-T-O-R-Edge.com, promo code SGP. We're back, baby. The MMA Gambling Podcast is back once again. No, it hasn't been a whole week since you last heard from us. It's only been a few days. Um, this is our first midweek show uh, since we've been bumped up to two shows a week. So lucky lucky times for all of us. Happy days. Um, I am Jeff Fox, your host. As per usual, this is episode 21, the Blackjack episode. That's all I That's all I got. The dad jokes are starting early and they're going to come fast, fast and furious as per usual. Um, so like I said, I'm Jeff Fox. I'm the host of this. I also edit and write for sportsgamblingpodcast.com and I run the MMA website, mma-manifesto.com. Um, if you want to get in there, we have a pick em contest right now for this week's, uh, UFC on ESPN, Brunson versus Holland. It's actually sponsored by sports gambling podcast. We're giving away a $50 gift card to whoever you want. Uh, so head over to mma-manifesto.com for that. Uh, as per usual, I have a co-host who does all the heavy lifting here. Uh, his name is Daniel Gumby Vreeland. He has his own podcast also, uh, the Top Turtle MMA podcast, um, where he has a couple interviews with fighters that we'll be speaking of today on his podcast this week. So check that out. And he also has the Prelim Picker, where he breaks down every prelim fight, uh, which we'll also be doing here today. So we'll see if he uh, flip-flops any of his picks. He's been, <laughs> he's been pretty good. He's been very good recently. He's been he's been staying consistent with his picks. I think I scared scared him and made him do that. So anyhow, I'm um, speaking of uh, the one and the only Daniel Gumby Vreeland. You, you did scare me a little bit, but I told you, I got called out on Twitter like two or three times right. of people telling me, well, first of all, whoever that was is listening to far too much of me. If you're listening to three podcasts every single week with my voice, first of all, thank you. Um, that's wild because my wife and mom don't listen to that much of me. Um, and so, uh, first of all, thank you. Second of all, if you're listening closely enough, too, that you can tell that I flip-flopped on a pick midweek, man, props to you. But also, uh, maybe just go a little lighter on me because you seem to like me. So, um yeah, but uh, I won't flip flop. I have been tighter on those since uh, I got called out. So good. It's uh, lucky. Uh, it's good to know that me, uh, someone who's been his friend for ages, uh, he doesn't care what I say, but if some <laughs> random troll on Twitter uh, 
calls him out, then then he he takes notice and and uh, takes stock in his life. That's it's good to know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you got to keep the the fans happy. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, like as I said, this is our second show of the week. Um, our last podcast was basically us bragging about actually having a good week on our picks because we actually uh actually nailed some picks last time which was uh which was shocking we plan on doing that this week also we this week we are speaking of ufc on espn um it would be brunson versus holland also it's also known as usc on espn 21 also known as usc vegas 22 um, I think that's it. It may be called something UFC Fight Night something too. Fight Night 188 possibly. I'm not sure. Uh, any other names you want to give it, Dan? No, I go by the Vegas ones. The hashtag UFC Vegas 22. That, that's right. pretty much what I run with. Yeah, that, that's usually the easier um, easier one to uh, to type also if you're writing stories. So we're going to break down all the fights on there, um, give you nothing but winners because that's our new strategy now. We're actually going <laughs> to pick winners. For a while there, we were, you know, just throwing losing picks in just because we thought it would be funny. Um, but but now we realize that, you know, some people may actually be losing money because of us. So now we're actually going to give you only winning picks. Um, and we actually have uh, the sports book that you can make these winning picks that are actually sponsoring us now. How's that for a segue? That is an amazing segue. 21 episodes. I know what I'm doing by now. Um, I would be speaking of DraftKings Sportsbook, of course. Uh, it's that time of year again. Conference tournaments are tipping off. Bubble teams are making their final push for a bid, while the top seeds are preparing for what they hope is a long run. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action. Bet $4 on underdog, and you win $256. It's that simple. So that's, once again, bet 4 bucks on an underdog and select college basketball games, and if they win, you collect $256. The bank is open. Pick one of many select college basketball underdogs for your shot at winning $256. All it takes is a $4 bet. There's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on golf. <clears throat> as, as I go through puberty here, golf, hockey, uh, and actually MMA, um, we're going to be quoting them today also, and so much more. So make sure uh, you head over to DraftKings. They're safe, secure, and reliable. So you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Make sure you download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code SGP, of course, when you sign up. And you can turn $4 into $256 if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. So code SGP, you turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Now the fun part, the terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. How was that? You did much better. Way faster this time. It sounded like a real TV commercial now. <laughs> That's what I'm going for. We don't. This, this was all live too, guys. We are not. This is no post-production tricks. No <laughs> auto-tune or any tricks there. All right. Um, so once again, the odds we're going to be uh, quoting in the uh, on the podcast today will be from our friends over at at uh, DraftKings, except for a last minute fight, which I don't think any odds are posted for yet. And it's a chunky guy fight, guys. So we're <laughs> excited about that one. So we're going to get Dan to, to uh, break down the odds for that. So let's get started at the bottom, work our way up to the top. Um, <clears throat> as per usual, I will give you the breakdown. And actually, remember the times, the starting times for a change. I'm not going to have to look them up. As of now, uh, the prelims are starting at 7 Eastern, but that changes as fights drop off or get added on because we, we've had a few. We've actually, we still have one guy waiting for a uh, possibly a replacement fight. Uh, that would be Anthony Burchek. So there may be another fight added, but as of now, it's still 7 o'clock. Prelims are on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Plus, and then the main card, I believe the start time's 10 Eastern. Uh, main card is on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus also, um, and let's start off with flyweights. Uh, there's a husband and wife duo um, fighting on this card, which is very rare. We've, we have it with uh, when the De La Rosa's fight. We have another one here, and it's another flyweight also. I want to say his name is Buys, but uh, I heard Dan say, what did you call him it's, again? I'm, I'm almost positive it's Bays. J.P. Yeah, okay. Bays. Uh, you it's, say it like the U is an A. Right. Okay. So um, 
and Dan is the king of pronunciation. If you ever listen to his shows, he never butchers people's names, so this is good. We'll go with J.P. Bays. Um, he is making his debut at Flyweight. He will be taking on Bruno Gustavo da Silva. Uh, you can call him Bruno Silva, though, for short, even though another Bruno Silva just signed with the UFC, um, a light heavyweight, so you, it may get a little confusing, but uh, you may want to call him Bruno Gustavo da Silva anyhow. So let's uh, start off with da Silva. Um, he is 10-5-2-1 as a pro with three knockouts and eight submissions. Sorry, three knockouts, three submissions. Like that. Um, in the UFC, he is 0-2-1, so he's still looking for his first W in the big leagues. He's lost his last two fights. Um, he's really lost his last three fights because he lost his debut, uh, but it was overturned for a drug uh, infraction, I believe, his opponent popped for something. Uh, so he really is 0-3 if you're counting that. Um, he does have the striking and grappling stats in his favor, but we're talking very small sample size for both these guys, three and two fights respectively and underneath the UFC banner. Uh, he's at plus 150 at DraftKings. And as for JP, don't call me buys, call me bays. Um, nine and two as a pro, three knockouts, five submissions. This will be his debut, like I said. He has fought in the octagon before, though, on Dana White's Contender Series. He was 1-1 there. It took a couple cracks for him to get into the big show here. He's won five straight fights. He is an inch taller, two inches of reach, six years younger, minus 182. Um, I'll take chalk on this one. I don't know a heck of a lot about about Bayes, um, but I, I like what I, what I see, unless Dan has uh, an other opinion that I may take into account here no i'm all over jp bays in this fight too and for me the big thing is is when you look at bruno silva in those three losses and yes i'm calling them three losses um because whether or not the guy uh popped positive or not like he looked awful in that fight um but like if you look at his fights he's he's got nine takedowns in three fights he's also shot 30 and that's not an exaggeration he shot 30 takedowns um, and, and if you look at his control time, even in those fights where he's scoring the takedowns, you know, he'll have like five takedowns in like a minute and a half of control time. Because while he keeps running these takedowns over and over and over again, what happens is he fails or when he does get the guy down, he just doesn't have the top pressure to keep him there. He's going up against a guy who's a phenomenal wrestler. So I just imagine like two minutes into this fight, JP Bays is either going to be on top of Bruno Silva beating the hell out of him looking for submissions, or as this fight goes on, Bruno Silva is going to be so tired of trying to wrestle and hold JP Bays down that he's going to get lit up on the feet too because I also think Bays has got a huge striking advantage in this fight. So, yeah, I- I'm all over JP Bays in this one. All right, uh, don't tell his wife. Uh, Dan is all over this guy. <laughs> um, but uh, we're, we both are actually, we're, um, we're both taking him, so... Let's move on to uh, the ladies, women's bantamweight. Hopefully Dan won't be all over them, or we'll, we may have uh, some lawsuits uh, pending here. Um, women's bantamweight, Julia Avila. Uh, is, is it Julia? I think I it's think, Julia. I think you totally just right say now. Julia. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. actually not the right one here, but I think you just say Julia. <laughs> I'm not really great on Lithuanian pronunciation. No. <laughs> yeah, they threw an extra J in there, but I believe it's Julia Stolyarenko. Um that- Let's break down Stoliarenko. Uh, 9-4-2 and two with eight submissions. Uh, she's lost both her UFC fights. Um, but this is uh, spread over two different stints. She was cut uh, from the UFC. I believe her last, her first fight was in 2018. Um, she was in the tough uh, Ultimate Fighter house. She was one-on-one in the Ultimate Fighter house. Um, got a shot in the actual real live UFC. Lost that fight and then just got recently re-signed and lost the fight again uh, last year. So Long way of saying she's 0-2 in the UFC. Uh, 1-1 and tough. Uh, five years younger than Avila. Uh, plus 265 dog. Uh, Avila, who is the Raging Panda. Um, I believe she's a Raging Panda, right? I know yeah, she's a great panda. nickname. <laughs> yes. She's a panda that rages. So she is 8-2. Four knockouts, one submission. 2-1 in the UFC. She lost her last fight, so she won her first two. Is how the math works there, in case you wondered. Uh, she's She was on a four-fight win streak before uh, losing her last fight. She was an Invicta before this. Uh, she was one-on-one in Invicta. She has two inches of reach. Striking stats in her favor. She's a very sizable minus 345. Uh, I'm not sure about the number, but uh, I think I'll, I'll go chalk again here. Yeah, I, I am going chalk again here as well. And it's worth noting, you know, you mentioned she went one-on-one in Invicta. That only loss is because she punched somebody in the head so hard she broke her own hand. So, like, yeah, she is one-on-one in Invicta, but for all intents and purposes, she's 2-0 in Invicta. 
the the thing I like about Avila in this fight too is just that like if you look at Stoliarenko's fights, her favorite part of the fight is getting into the clinch and mixing it up in there, throwing some knees up tight, you know, like working for body lock takedowns and stuff like that. And I just think she's sloppier than Avila when it comes to that style of fight. Like Avila's cleaner, Avila frames better, Avila even shoots for underhooks better. She turns her opponents better. And I just think all of those things add up to being bad news for Stoliarenko because I also think she's at a wild disadvantage on the feet. I, I think Julia Avila is the far better boxer. You can see it with her knockouts. She's vicious on the feet. We, we saw her knockout Gina Mazzani in less than 30 seconds. Like, I'm worried about what is going to happen if Avila winds up striking with Stoliarenko. But even that being said, Stoliarenko gets to the clinch here, and I don't think it's any better for her there either. So I actually think it's going to be a very entertaining fight, but I think it, pretty clearly the pick here is Avila. Right. Um, and uh, just for the record, pandas don't have hands, so she didn't break her hand, she broke her paw. Okay, <laughs> just, for the record, see, I told you dad jokes are going to be fast and furious today, guys. Um, and of note, um, Stoliarenko has been TKO'd a couple times in her career. It was ages ago, 2014, 2015, but that is of note. She has been has been knocked out, so she's not um, not immune to that uh, by any means. But yeah, we're both going with uh, Raging Panda to Rage here, um, which moves us. We're flying right along here. We're agreeing with each other too, which is uh, hopefully that doesn't stick for too long here. Um, Bantamweights, Montel Jackson versus Jesse Strader. Um, we will go with Strader, another newcomer to the Octagon, making his debut. He is uh, very inexperienced, 5-1 uh, and one as a pro. Four knockouts, though, um, which are impressive. He's won his last two fights, all via knockout, but he hasn't fought since August of 2019. Um, just update on those numbers. I was tracking on us uh, how people are doing when they've been out of action for over a year. Um, right now, they're at 48% winning, so it's still kind of 50-50. It's not hasn't been quite as much of a hindrance as as we thought heading in. But something to note though, uh, he has been out a while, and this will be his debut. Uh, as for Montel Jackson, nine and two, pro record, five knockouts, one submission, never been finished in a fight. So she's got a couple uh, decision losses. Three and two in the UFC, lost his last fight. He won three straight before that, so basically lost his debut, won three straight, and then lost his last one. Um, he got his way into the UFC on the Contender Series. He's won low on there. Uh, as for the tail of the tape, uh, two inches taller, an inch of reach, one year younger. He's at minus 560 at the Strader's plus 400. I don't know about that number, but I guess I got to go with Jackson regardless. Yeah, and, and at first I was a little hesitant on the number as well. Like I even contemplated possibly picking Strader because we're talking about odds here, right? And he, he does have big bombs that he throws repeatedly. But if you also look at the type of person who has beat Montel Jackson, he's lost to Ricky Simone and he's lost to Brett Johns who basically just played his game plan a little bit better than he does, right? Like, they they kept pressing him against the cage. They won those short grappling exchanges. They out-wrestled him a little bit. And, like, Strader is not the type of guy to do that. He's the type of guy to go in there and, and do what we've seen those other guys from Combate do. You know, we saw Rafa Garcia do last week, and we saw Marcelo Rojo do last week. They just go in there and they throw bombs and hope somebody falls. Jackson isn't going to fight that kind of fight with him. Jackson's going to have him on the ground in pretty much no time. And, and I'm assuming, too, he probably finishes him as, as early as he wants to. You're going to see, you know, like, I mean, he Darius choked Brian Kelleher. And, like, Brian Kelleher is that, like, tough standing striker like Strader is, only he's better and more experienced. So to see, you know, Montel Jackson do that to, to Kelleher, I got to imagine he's going to do something similar here to, to Strader. And even with those odds where they are, I, I still can't bring myself to pick Jesse Strader. Yeah, bookmaker, odds makers generally aren't off off this much, so you wouldn't, you don't see a lot of plus four hundreds coming through, um, uh, coming through with a win, especially one who's been inactive and and making his debut. So yeah, we'll both go with Jackson, but we'll make our what uh, two dollars off this bet or whatever. <laughs> but, but regardless, we got we got to tell you who's going to win, so that's what we're going to do. Um, another place where you can. Uh, get lots of advice on on how to win bets. Another amazing seg uh, segue by me, even though I can't say segue for some reason. That would be uh, <laughs> BetQL. Uh, if you're looking to get an edge and make smarter bets during March Madness, BetQL's algorithms scan thousands of data points across every game to find the best bets. Easily find the most profitable bets based on their top betting trends. Your practice may bust, but your bankroll doesn't have to. Head to BetQL.com to get started today. 
you can head to the App Store or Google Play and download the BetQL app. Bet smarter, not harder. And make sure you use promo code MARCH30 for 30% off BetQL for a year. That's BetQL.com, promo code MARCH30. Uh, I was on there today, and I saw they have some – I think I saw like a 69 or 70% accuracy or, or success rate on an NBA uh, NBA game. So definitely check out their, their app for uh, any, whatever sport you want to bet, and you can probably get some good advice. All right. Um, what do we have next here? Dan, uh, we have – how about some middleweights? Uh, Trevin Giles, Roman Dolizzi. Um We'll go with Trevin Giles. He is 13-2 professionally. Six knockouts, five submissions, four and two in the UFC. He's won two straight fights. Uh, he TKO'd his opponent last fight. He's four years younger in this matchup. Um, not four years younger than his last fight. Let's see. He's not a Benjamin, <laughs> Benjamin Button type of thing. Um, he's four years younger than Delidzi, obviously. He's a uh, plus 125 Underdog here. Uh, Delidzi is 8-0 as a pro with four of those coming via knockout, three via submission, so he's a finisher. 2-0 uh, in the UFC. This is a very late replacement. This was just announced, I think, about a week ago today or so. Um, he normally fights at 205. I, I believe all or – have has he fought at middleweight before, do you know, Dan, or not? I, I can't remember him having fought at middleweight because when I saw yeah. him filling in, I had sort of assumed – Trevin Giles was moving up, but by all right. indications here, it looks like Delize had been preparing for middleweight, and he's gonna do it here on short notice. Yeah, that's that's something to keep in mind. It could be you don't usually when guys take short notice fights, or guys or gals, they tend to go up a weight class instead of down one, especially for the first time. So this is something to keep in mind. Um, he, he may be the bigger man, but he may not make weight, or you have to severely deplete himself to make it. Um, Regardless, you'll uh, also be two inches taller, two inches of reach, striking advantage in his favor, minus 155. Um, kind of torn in this one just because of the late replacement and the and the lower weight class. So we'll, we'll see what Dan thinks first, and then I will – maybe I'll tag along or not. We'll see. So here's the thing about this one. You're right. The lower weight class worries me. The late notice replacement worries me. He is kind of already a pretty large-looking light heavyweight. So for him to be at middleweight, you know, even more alarming – the other thing I will say that, you know, gives me pause about Roman Delize, because I was really big on him after his debut. You know, after that debut, we found out who Kata Zabrigamov is, and that's a guy who loses 37 straight fights in the UFC and, and is inexplicably still fighting for him, although I do think they've released him since then. Uh, but I'm pretty sure he he lost, like, you know, 100 fights in a row. And then th this last fight with John Allen, which I don't think should have been split. I think it was pretty clearly to Delize. But he just didn't look really like he was interested in going out there and finishing John Alon, right? Like, he he didn't throw a ton of volume. It, it didn't look like he was trying to capitalize on big situations. And I think for me, that gives me a little pause against a veteran like Trevin Giles, and especially when you're going to be messing with weight class. So, yeah, I'm really torn in this one, too, because I've seen Trevin Giles do some real dumb shit that, like, worries me all the time. Like, those back-to-back -back submission losses to Zach Cummins and Gerald Mearshart. Just they'll haunt me forever it, it, because I, I picked him in, in both of those fights, I'm pretty sure. Um, because, like, he just, like, was winning fights and he just kept going to places where he wasn't winning them. Um, and since then, he's looked better. So I, I have a little bit more hope that that happens. I am hesitant to always pick him, but I, I just see too many red flags right now with Delize against a veteran like Giles. So I'm going to take Giles, especially because you're going to get dog money there. Yeah. I had Giles, but a question mark beside him. Um, I was thinking, got to have a couple dogs um, come through in a car, and I was thinking he was one worthy of it, just basically because of the reasons we we both mentioned there: um, late replacement and the and, and the weight issue or potential weight issue. Um, late replacement fighters uh, for people keeping track at home. Since the start of 2020, they have won 36% of their fights, so they are not doing so hot. So, and this one is very late. This we're talking like he's have maybe a week and a half uh, to prepare for this possibly top. So, um, we are both going the dog there, and we have not differed yet in a pick. Well, it's it worked out well last week doing that. I I got one better than you, the one that we we um, went opposite on. So that's uh, maybe the, that's our new strategy, Dan. Two heads are better than one. I feel like we have some differences coming up. I maybe have a, I have a strong feeling about it. Well, I, maybe I'll just flop when I hear what you say. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right, let's go lightweights. Leonardo Santos, Grant Dawson. I think this might have been 
was thinking this. No, this one wasn't one of the hard ones. I was thinking that there are there are some tough ones coming up though. Um, we'll start with Santos. He's 18-3 and one with three knockouts and nine submissions. Seven zero and one in the UFC. Um, six. He's won six straight fights. Um, and you had a decision thrown in or a draw thrown in there. Uh, he was also in the Tough House, Ultimate Fighter House. He's three was three and one in there. He's been around since 2002. Uh, he's, I believe, 41 years old. So that's something, <laughs> it's something to keep in mind here. Second um, oldest fighter on the card, too. Oh, yes. There you go. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who's older than him? Marion Renault is oh, 40. She's 43 right, 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 years yeah. old. She's actually yeah. older than Alexi Olinick. <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't guess it. But yes, it's true. Um, spoiler alert. Um, we're going to break down that fight soon. But yeah, she's old. Um, as for Santos, two inches taller, three inches of reach, uh, plus 180. Coming back if you want to bet on him. As for Dawson, 16-1 uh, with three knockouts, 11 submissions, 4-0 uh, in the UFC, 1-0 in Dana White Contender Series. He's won seven straight fights. He's 14 years younger. Um, striking and grappling stats in his favor, minus 225. Um, yeah, all that adds up. For, for me, I'm going to have to pick him in this fight. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy, by the way, that Leonardo Santos has no UFC losses in eight fights. Right. 7-0-1. That, first of all, is baffling. It's also baffling that it took eight years for it to happen. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking Dawson in this one, too. And, and for me, the, the biggest push for me to take Dawson is he's coming up to lightweight for this fight. So you, you might remember uh, he had a catchweight bout in there at 150 pounds. Before that, he had missed weight for a featherweight bout. You know, he had a previously scheduled catchweight bout. So it seems like he has been, like, inching towards moving to lightweight anyway. He's one of those guys who got into the sport super young. And I think his body is starting to mature to the point where, like, oh, shit, like, featherweight doesn't work anymore. Similar to, like, Jake Matthews did. Um, and, and for me here, Grant, that that's the best thing that could happen for Grant Dawson. Because down at featherweight, he kept an amazing pace. He is, first of all, very physically strong, but also able to keep that pace up for a while in, in constant, and with all of that going on in a terrible weight cut, you know, like a big-ass weight cut for him to get down there, he was still able to do that. So now we're going to see him go up a weight class. We're going to see him healthier and able to put that pressure on even more. And I think, you know, combine that with the fact that, you know, I've got all the respect in the world right now for, for all that James Krause is doing at Glory MMA uh, in, in addition to that, to like the fact that he's just kind of a bad style matchup for Leonardo DeSantos because he probably can get him down when he needs to. So, yeah, I, you got to go with the cardio machine at 27 years old over the 41 year old who hasn't fought in a couple of years. Um, but the, the change of weight class for me gives me even more um, reason to really like Grant Dawson in this fight. See, that's why Dan's on the show. The insight. I, I forgot all about the weight class, but yes, that, that is a very important point. Um, yeah, all all signs are pointing to Dawson um, in this one, um, which probably means we're going to be wrong. But regardless, um, the main event of the prelims is a women's bantamweight with the aforementioned Marion Renault versus Macy Chasson, another massive uh, age gap here. Uh, this was a fight that was scheduled. Hmm, when was this scheduled? Do you remember? I'm looking it up here. Do you remember off the top of your head when it was originally scheduled? I believe that this Three fight are. was originally scheduled for two weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. Overeem and Vol- no, Overeem and Volkov. You're wrong. Oh, so that's like a month and a half. Month and a half. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. And then it was rescheduled again on the 20th, and then Chase Song got hurt. So this is the third crack. So yeah, it's okay. got a month and a half, and then a month ago, and now, and now. <laughs> All right, you were close though. Um, so we've. I don't. I don't did we ever go to air with this one? I'm not sure if we ever broke this one down on air or not. Um, we will now, regardless. So let's talk about Miriam Renault. Um, she's 9-6-1 with five knockouts, three submissions, never been finished in a fight. That's a lot of submission, a lot of uh, decision losses there. 5-5-1 uh, five, five, and one in the UFC. After coming out of the gate uh, blazing hot, she's lost three straight. Um, she's at plus 175. Uh, she's got a tough test this week. Macy Chason, uh, one of the up-and-comers in the division. She's six and one, two knockouts, two submissions, uh, four and one in the UFC, but she's not fought since last February. Um, five inches taller, four inches of reach, 14 years younger. Again, that's two fights in a row. We, we got an age gap of 14 years, which is wild. Uh, striking stats are in her favor, um, which are still the number one predictor for a winner of a fight. It's coming in right at 69%. Um, 
predictor of uh, of a winner of a fight. And she's at minus 215. I guess I'm going to have to take her. I think I was taking her last time We uh, if we ended up break this bowling down last time. And I'm sure you're taking her too. I, I think we did go to air with it too. And yeah. and yeah, I'm taking her for a couple of reasons. Number one, man, am I a sucker to pick people training out of Fortis MMA. Um, although I may betray that a little bit later on. Um, yes, like so that's first of all, love saves odd. He's great. Um, the other thing about Macy Chazon that I like in this fight is that you know, I had a little bit of a pause for her after I saw her get beat by Lena Landsberg in the way that she did. She got taken down. It's a little nerve-wracking. And then in her next fight, she came out and, like, put put all of those to rest kind of by beating up Shanna Young, who's, you know, not as good of a fighter as Lena Landsberg. But she definitely had worked on the things that had cost her in the fight before. And then you add in all of the stuff that you just talked about. The age difference, the cardio difference, the physicality difference. She's almost six foot tall fighting in this division. I just can't imagine that Marion Renault is going to be able to get close enough to her and comfortable enough with grappling her. I, I think for all of those reasons, Chason probably keeps the distance, probably pokes away at her. And I wouldn't even be surprised to see her with some top game grappling her on her own here. Yeah, the, someone in the UFC must not like uh, Marion Renault, which it's surprising. She seems like a lovely lady. But yeah, because uh, this, this would make four straight losses for her, and that would probably be the, the end uh, of her in and the against UFC. Some, against some real killers, too. Like, oh, yeah. It's worth mentioning, you know, like those those three losses are to Kat Zingano, Yana Kunitskaya, who just went out and looked like a beast, and Raquel Pennington. Like, oof. I mean, like, yeah. Macy Chason is like a walk in the park. Well, maybe not a walk in the park compared to them, but like... That, that seems like an appropriate step down, but, man, it's not much of a step down. Yeah, no doubt. Hopefully it's not a walk in the park or we're going to look pretty dumb uh, come, <laughs> come Saturday. Dumber than normal. Um, all right, so that uh, as of now, that wraps up the prelim portion of the card. Um, like I said off the top, Anthony Burchak is still waiting for an opponent because... Um, uh, Johnny Eduardo. Yes. Pull it out once again. So we'll we'll uh, I'll leave that hanging there for whatever kind of dirty joke you people want to want to think up. But yes, he pulled out once again. So that that leaves us with uh, one last fight on the prelims. We'll we'll see if uh, they're still looking for as of what Wednesday night they're still looking for a replacement for him for Chuck, But it does not look uh, good. Usually they have someone by by this time. So um, before we get to the main card, let me tell you about a couple other of our sponsors, which you probably will be interested in since you're all the gens. Uh, Odds Crowd will tell you about first. Are you the best college hoops better in the country? Odds Crowd is challenging you to prove it with their free March Madness fantasy betting contest. There's $8,000 in cash prizes up for grabs and less than 100 players are joined to date. So here's how it works. You place risk-free fantasy bets throughout the tournament against real odds and lines. Most profitable players rise up the leaderboard. If you're in the top three, most at the end, that's poor English, whoever wrote this, if you're in the top three at the end, uh, you win a share of $8,000. So it starts right before the first four tips off, which is very soon. So make sure, you, as soon as you hear this, make sure you get on there. Um, so how they do it, they grade it based on units and profit. The most units of profit at the end wins the cash. Players can play as many or a few picks as they like. One, two, or three unit picks, money line spreads, totals available. So they got everything, basically. Uh, and OddsCrowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app built just for sports bettors. Free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private betting contests with your buddies, and much more. Download the app for free or go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds, and make sure you get the app. And also, make sure you check out Pick wise.com that's pickswise.com helmed by a team of trend watching data devouring sports fanatic wise guys giving you the who how and why behind every prediction on every game every day and every sport all for free pickswise presents the capper contest to follow with the likes of john rothstein rashad phillips and jeff jeff nadu and six other experts all competing for a ten thousand dollar winner take all prize Follow the action for their free picks and analysis every day of the big dance by visiting pickswise.com slash march dash madness. That's pickswise.com slash march dash madness. All right, let's get to the main card. The other half of the husband-wife duo uh, is in a women's strawweight fight here. Cheyenne, is it Cheyenne? I think Cheyenne, yeah. Cheyenne, she's got a tough first and last name here. Uh, Cheyenne Bayes. Versus a Montserrat Ruiz, who also what? What's the nickname she goes by? Conejo. All right, there we go. Conejo, and, which is Spanish for my my four year high school Spanish tells me Conejo means rabbit. Okay, so I don't know if if you want to be a rabbit in a fight. Mm-hmm. 
No, I, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen a rabbit win a fight. So that may not be a good nickname, but we'll find out on Saturday. Um, all right. So both these ladies are making their debut. We'll talk about the rabbit first. Uh, nine and one as a professional. Three knockouts, two submissions. Uh, she only has one uh, decision loss on her record. That's the only uh, blemish. Um, this is a late replacement debut for her. So that's a couple. Um, Red flags right there. Uh, she has fought in Evicta before. She was 101 in Evicta. Uh, she won her last fight via submission, uh, which was her last time she fought. And uh, she is plus 275 in this one. Uh, Bays is, like I said, also making her debut. She's 5-1 and one as a pro with one knockout. Uh, also never been finished in a fight. So I think if you want to put some props down, you may want to make this one uh, a decision win for whoever you're picking. Um, like I said before, this will be her debut also. She uh, won her way in on Dana White's Contender Series. Uh, she also fought in Victor, lost her only fight there. Um, she has won four straight fights um, since then. And she will be three inches taller, two inches reach, two years younger, minus 375. Uh, sounds like I'm going to have the husband and the wife both win on Saturday. And this is the one I was sure we were going to be different on because this is the one where I'm betraying Fortis MMA and picking against one of their fighters for the first time. Um, because, uh, listen, it, I know that the hype is behind Cheyenne Bays, right? Like, there's a reason she's betting off, you know, upwards of negative of 300, right? She Almost negative 400, we're talking right now. But if you look at her record, it is really not impressive, right? Like, her best win is over Hillary Rose, who's 4-2 at the moment. Like, th- that's her very best win, and it's not close. Like, that, that's her best win by a mile. You know, I mean, maybe you can go back and look at, you know, she she had a fight over Lindsey Garbat, who's now, uh, if you look, eight and seven, I guess maybe you could count that one. But, like, she hasn't fought a high level of competition. And that's not true if you look at Montserrat Ruiz, who's fought Janisa Morandon, who is really good over in Invicta, 10 and four. And not only did she beat her, she beat her with a very nice hip throw that she finished with a scarf hold key lock with her legs, which was a really sick submission. You got her kind of using uh, the 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu style along with the King's MMA style of striking. I actually really love Montserrat Ruiz in this fight. So when I saw the odds come in like this, I thought it was wrong for some reason. Like, they they just uh, mislisted it, and they hadn't. Like, she's actually a huge underdog in this one, and I think there's not only value on her at that number. I think if it was a pick-em, I think I still might take Ruiz because... The other really cool thing about her, in addition to her great grappling, is that she moves forward constantly. She's not afraid of anything. She's kind of crazy when it comes to her striking. And if you look at the moments Cheyenne Bays lost on the Contender Series, she lost those moments entirely when Hillary Rose decided, I'm moving forward and I'm going to dictate this fight. And that's what Ruiz is going to do for this entire fight. So I actually like Ruiz a lot in this fight, and I almost... I don't want to say this. I almost kind of disagree with you about the take this by decision because Ruiz's grappling skills are very high level. Um, And and I'm interested to see, you know, maybe against an inexperienced opponent like Cheyenne Bays, who's only, you know, you mentioned she's only what, four and one, five and one. She's only five and one. Not a lot of experience to be fighting somebody who's this high level at the, on the ground game. A very, very good breakdown. Um, All of it wrong, but but very very good regardless. Um, but yeah, no, if, if um, all this is true, Mr. Vreeland, that's a very nice score at plus 275. So um, yeah, it, it's hard with two newcomers, odds being this high, I probably would just uh, skip this fight if I wasn't a degenerate and had to bet 100 bucks in every fight. But um, yeah, as of now, uh, I'll take Bayes just because it would be a good story. Husband and wife will win. Um, but Dan's a hater, so he doesn't, like <laughs> love, doesn't want a love story to come through. He wants the rabbit to beat up the... Uh, I don't know what Baze's nickname is. I think, so I, it's, I, I, think, I want to say it's like Warrior Prince oh yeah, it is or something, something like that. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, Which is, is that a Xena we'll, reference? Is that, are, are we maybe. old enough to know, uh, does our audience know what a Xena reference is? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I should go with the rabbit after that. But, <laughs> I can't flip up. All right, let's go with uh, Welterweight. Song Kinan or Kinan Song, depending on how you want to. Say it if you want to say it properly, or if you want to say it like uh, Westerners. Uh, he will be, he will be fighting a welterweight fight against Max Griffin. Um, let's go with uh, Kinan first. He will be making his return. He's been out since February 2020. 
Uh, he is 16 and 5, uh, 8 knockouts, 6 submissions. He is a finisher at welterweight. He's 4 and 1 in the UFC. He's won two straight fights, um, including a KO win his last time in the Octagon last year. Uh, he's an inch taller, five years younger than Griffin. He's at plus 140. Griffin, 16 and 8, 8 knockouts, 2 submissions, 4 and 6 in the UFC. Uh, he won last fight via TKO. <clears throat> that was his only win in the past three fights, uh, and he's only won two of his last six. Uh, he's got five inches of reach, so despite being shorter, he's got long arms. Uh, striking and grappling stats are in his favor. He's at minus 177. Uh, I need another dog, so I'm going to take uh, Song Kinan in here, uh, despite the stats going against him at plus 140. I- I'm going to disagree with you on this one and, and right, for a yeah. couple of reasons. First of all, we need to talk about the fact that that TKO win over Ramiz Brahimai is a ear explosion TKO for, for Max. Oh, yeah, that's he, is, right. he is coming yeah. off of that violent ear explosion, which is first of all, enough reason to pick him in his own right. But on a more serious note, the, the reason I don't like Kanan song, and, and I don't mean to say I don't like a fighter. Like he's, he's a perfectly good fighter, but my issues with him in picking him for a fight is he really gets by on two things. He has very explosive power with his hands. He's got great knockout power And when he does get in grappling exchanges, he's very physically strong. He's not the most technical grappler you'll ever see, but he's almost able to like, just like muscle his way through either a takedown attempt or a counter or whatever it is. And for me, that just makes him a really, 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 really easy pickings for Max Griffin because Max Griffin, you can't say enough about his physicality. The guy is incredibly strong. He puts in tons of work in his strength and conditioning. And in addition to that too, like, he's so freaking tough. Like, if, if you look at the names of the guys he stood with for 15 minutes and didn't get knocked out by them, I don't think Kanan Song is the guy who's going to do it, right? Like, he, he stood for 15 minutes with Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos and Mike Perry and Tiago Alves and Cowboy Oliveira. Like, all of these guys stood with him for 15 minutes, and they just had it out for 15 minutes. I just have such a hard time believing Kanan Song is going to punt, knock him out. And when you, you know, you kind of put that in with the fact that, you know, I do think Max Griffin probably has an advantage technique wise in the grappling and probably will wind up putting more volume on Kanan Song. I kind of just expect, you know, Max Griffin here to win a decision. And I will say for as far as props go on this one, I actually think that this one is pretty ripe for picking uh, fight goes to decision as well, because. You know, like I said, Max Griffin hasn't been finishing a lot of people, and he's also, you know, tougher than a three-dollar steak. So, like, knowing all of that, you know, Griffin wins by decision. If you do like Max Griffin, it's coming in at plus one fifteen. So, I think there's probably a lot of value in that play right there. Okay, slip up number two for Dan. It's <laughs> two in a row for him. That's uh, a shame, but um, we'll move right along. See if you can get this one right. Uh, Bantamweight, uh, Adrian Yanez, who was on the Top Turtle podcast this week, right? I'm Correct. Not misremembering that? Excellent. Uh, Adrian, so we know who Dan's going to pick already, guys. <laughs> Adrian Yanez versus, because he only has winners on his podcast. Uh, Adrian Yanez, Gustavo Lopez. Um, Mr. Lopez, 12 and 5, with five knockouts, six submissions, one on one in the UFC. He won his last fight via submission after dropping his debut. He also fought in Bellator at one time. He won that fight. Grappling stats, small sample size with grappling stats are in his favor. He's at plus 160. As for Yanez, he's 12 and 3 with seven knockouts, two submissions. Uh, he's never been finished in a fight. He's 1 0 in the UFC, uh, which was a knockout win. He also is 1 0 on the Dana White Contender Series. He's also 1 0 in Bellator. Uh, two inches of height, three inches of reach, four years younger. Striking stats in his favor, small sample size, like I said before. Uh, minus 200, he's coming in at, and I'll take him, and I'm sure Dan is too. Yeah, I'm going to take him too. Um, but the the one thing I will say is I, I – so I, I like Adrian Inez in this fight. I like him quite a bit. But I would also say – I think Gustavo Lopez, based on these odds, are be, is being disrespected a little bit. Because I do think that this is a lot closer of a fight. The, the difference maker for me in this fight and why I'm taking Adrian Inez is because I, I think that – he probably has a pretty clear advantage when it comes to the striking. Like, I think he's a better striker, undoubtedly. And I think a lot of people sleep on his jiu-jitsu skills. He's actually a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. That's how he started getting into martial arts. He's incredible on the ground. So, like, Gustavo Lopez, that's his path to victory, and I think it's a real path. I just think Yanez probably shores that up with the fact that he is a good grappler. So I expect Yanez to win on the feet here, and I like him... 
I probably don't like the negative 200 price tag on him. He's not somebody who I would consider putting in a parlay. And, you know, he's not maybe the play that I'm reaching for at negative 200 right away. If that number does come down by fight time, uh, sure, yeah, I'd, I'd be much happier with it around, you know, minus 160 or something like that. But um, I, I'm still definitely going with Yanez here. All right, so we may not have a hashtag throw him in a parlay here, but we do have a hashtag chunky guys coming up. Um, I'll leave you with that cliffhanger and tell you about the last couple sponsors here first. Betterland.Vegas. Betterland.Vegas is like YouTube, but for what hashtag the gens only care about, which is sports betting. Better Vegas is running a free bracket style capper contest with a chance to win 5,500 bucks. Tenter, just go to betterland.vegas and don't forget to let them know SGP sent you. Don't forget to go to sportsgummypodcast.com slash BTV to subscribe to our channel at betterland.vegas page. Uh, that would be it. Sportsgummypodcast.com BTV. I will have a video up there probably Saturday morning with my picks and Dan, with that rival podcast of his, Top Turtle, probably will have some videos up this week, too, I assume, right? Yeah, I'm 3-0 I'm and on Better Than Dot Vegas, Whoa. by the way. Yeah, 3-0, three, three haven't been able to touch my picks. Uh, so you're definitely going to want to make sure you check out who I picked this week. Well, see, Dan, um, he, see, he just came, he just showed his uh, true colors. There. He's, he's been holding out and giving you bad, <laughs> bad picks on this podcast. He's been saving them for his other podcasts. Interesting. Good to know. Um that's the type of uh, info you need to know that's, that's to need to get an edge in betting, which brings us to Better Edge. There's another <laughs> segue. Yeah. Better Edge allows you to buy and sell betting positions like the stock market. Since you're buying positions from other sports bettors, there's no house. It's legal in more than 40 states. They post, you post basically you post the plays you like and have someone at Better Edge Marketplace take the other side. They have a ton of other fun against the spread picking contests as well. Sign up today at Better Edge. And use promo code SGP, of course, and you get a free a free $10 play. So that's better. It's spelled B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com, promo code SGP. All right. Uh, we left you left you hanging long enough for our hashtag chunky guy fight of the night. And it just got chunkier in the past couple hours uh, before we were recording. Um, it was supposed to be Tai Tuivasa versus... Dante Mays, um, Dante Mays just got pulled for undisclosed reasons. They said it, he didn't get cleared, I think, is what they were saying. It's a health issue of some sort. Um, I was questioning whether or not he really is a chunky guy, but I don't have to worry about it anymore because we've got a chunky uh, replacement opponent um, with a perfect name for like a 1920s also-ran boxer, Henry Hunsucker. Harry Hunsucker. Henry would work too, though, but Harry Hunsucker. That's not a joke. That's the man's name. He's fighting Tai Tuivasa. Um, Mr. Hunsucker uh, will be taking this fight on extremely short notice. Like he, Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday to Saturday is his notice to fight Tai Tuivasa. So he's, he's a brave man, um, regardless of uh, the jokes I'm making about his name. Um, he's 6-3 and three as a pro. Two knockouts, four submissions. So he's all nothing but finishes on this guy's resume. Um, all of his losses have come via KO. So that's something to keep in mind also. Uh, this will be his debut, and like I said, this is short notice. He was on Dana White's Contender Series, and he lost that fight uh, to Jared Vanderaa, um, who hasn't looked so hot in the octagon since he's made it to the big show. Um, as for Tui Vasa, the man who likes to drink stuff out of people's shoes, um, he's 10-3 and three with nine knockouts, 4-3 and three in the UFC. Uh, KO win last time in against Stefan Struve. He lost three straight fights before then, but they bumped him up quickly. And had him fighting some um, some tough competition. The first fights bef- uh, fights before that, he fought Junior Dos Santos, Blago Ivanov, and Sergey Spivak. So um, he was fighting some some difficult difficult guys there. Um, no one named Hunsucker. Uh, he also, um, as of the last weigh-ins, he was right around the 265 limit, and Hunsucker last fight was around around the 250 limit. So he should have a possibly have a weight advantage here. Hashtag chunky guy. Um, he's four years younger. Also, grappling stats are also in his favor. Um, first of all, what do you think the line will be in this? The line has not been posted as of this recording because the fight just got. A, I don't even think it's officially been announced yet. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's officially been announced yet either. And, and if you're looking for a line here, like uh, Tuivasa was betting off at negative 250 against Dontel Mays. Um, and I think Hunsucker's probably three steps down from Dontel Mays. Um, so, like, with that being said, I, I'm kind of expecting this to probably come in in, like, the negative 500 to 600 range. 
um, for for Tai Tuivasa, which obviously in a heavyweight fight gives me a little pause. Like you don't want to pick a guy in a heavyweight fight um, at negative 600. That seems sort of risky. But that, with that being said, I'm still taking Tai Tuivasa in this fight. Um, Hunsucker, like you said, did not look good against Jared Vandera. You know, he, he's a guy who's gotten a lot of his wins with top game. You know, like he, he uh, I mean, he won like three weeks ago in HR MMA. Um, and, and by like, you know, getting some some early shot and getting on top of the guy, um, he, he's got Kimuras and Americanas and ground and pound and rear naked chokes and all that kind of stuff. But the bottom line is, is that like he also couldn't do that to Jared Vandera and Jared Vandera did it back to him. Um, and Jared Vandera so far hasn't looked good in that department in the UFC. So for those reasons, I like just can't see him, uh, first of all, being able to submit Taito Ivasa. And second of all, I don't even know if I can see him standing on the feet long enough to get inside to finish Taito Ivasa. Because, you know, like you said, Tuivasa had a rough go of it, but the dude's got dynamite for hands too. And I just kind of think that this has got Tuivasa by early KO written all over it. Yeah, he's all of his wins except one have come via knockout, and all of Hunsucker's losses have come via knockout. So it's this is sounding like a, a prop bet. So um, like Dan said, the line's probably gonna be ridiculous, especially for a heavyweight fights. So you may want to steer clear of the actual like money line on this fight, and stick with a uh, Tui Vasa via early stoppage. Um, if if you want to bet on it, which you have to, because you're a degenerate and that's your uh, your role in life. You have to bet on every fight, at least hundred dollars. Uh, minimum hopefully more if you can afford it which brings us to our co-main event um lightweights returning gregor gillespie um i guess he's uh, tired of fishing and he's ready to start fighting again uh he will be going up against brad riddle um riddle nine and one with five knockouts three and all in the ufc uh that's part of a six fight winning streak for him he's five inches taller than uh, gillespie in this fight uh, he's at plus 175 Gillespie, 13-1 in the UFC. He got knocked out his last fight. That was his only only loss as a pro. Um, he, as for him, he's got six knockouts, five submissions, 6-1 um, in the UFC. Like I said, he got knocked out his last fight. That was way back in November of 2019. Uh, before that time, he was basically running over everyone with his, uh, with his wrestling. And then Kevin Lee had kicked him uh, out of the undefeated world uh into dream world um grappling stats are in his favor which is not surprising because he is a um, master wrestler he's at minus 240 and he's my he's my pick here yeah he's my pick here too but i do have to say i hate that line um because like especially coming off super long layoff first loss of his career with a kick to the head and now you're going to put him up against a guy who trains out of city kickboxing um, who has five his, knock, half his wins are via knockout, so he's yeah, a trap. Yeah, half of his wins are, are via, via knockout, and he's got, if I'm not mistaken, he's got professional Muay Thai kickboxing background, too. Like, uh, he's a guy who I, I really think is a, a talent in this division. I, I think I'm still leaning that I think Gregor Gillespie is going to get him down and control him in Gregor Gillespie style. But man, that Kevin Lee fight makes you pause just for a second because like there's no way Brad Riddell is not a better kickboxer than Kevin Lee. But like, do you write it off as a fluke? Do you like, oh, well, it's good that Gregor Gillespie gave his brain time to heal and now is probably in a better mental space. And, you know, like there's so many different narratives with that long layoff that it gives me a huge pause before I put anything near that big line for Gillespie here. Um, or even do something like stick him in a DraftKings matchup or something like that, because I, I just don't, there's so many unanswerables about him right now. This is a great fight to answer those questions. You know, uh, again, I'm taking him, but I don't feel good about it. Well, maybe, maybe this will make you feel a bit better. Um, Brad Riddell's uh, grappling record in his three FC fights. Got taken down three times by Alex De Silva. Got taken down eight times by Megabad Musavev. Got taken down three times by Jamie Malarkey. Does that make you feel any better? He's a 60 percent uh, takedown defense. I will say the Jamie Malarkey one makes me feel better. The first two are pretty decent grapplers. I think Alex De Silva yeah. is kind of a sleeper um, in terms of his wrestling, and then you know anybody with a name that looks like Magomed Mustafaev, right. uh, you know, just throw some consonants at it, and it looks like he probably knows how to wrestle. So um, the the Jamie Malarkey one gives me a little bit more pause. Um, but yeah, I, I mean. The, Again, that, that's probably why I like him here. But, like, in theory, he should have been able to do that to Kevin Lee, too, right? Like, he could have taken Kevin Lee down. It's not that Kevin Lee doesn't have better grappling than Brad Riddell, but, like, 
with what we've expected from Gregor Gillespie, we would still have expected him to get him down. Uh, and he, he got kicked in the face really hard. <laughs> yeah, but um, Riddell's never faced anyone that wrestles like Gillespie. So that's what we're counting on at least, right? Yeah, that, that's what I, that, I mean. That's ultimately what I'm making the pick with. But like I said, with that many unanswerables, I, I just am not super sure. Not only are we counting on it, we are betting on it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and you should be too. Uh, which brings us to our main event. Uh, I found this one kind of hard to break down. We'll see if maybe Dan can make it a bit bit clearer. Um, I'll go the opposite of whatever he says. Uh, middleweight, uh, Derek Brunson, Kevin Holland. Um, Brunson, who's been around forever and has uh, – last time I saw him, he has hair like the natural Butch Reed. Rest in peace. So that's one reason to go with him. Um, he is 21-7 and seven with 12 knockouts and three submissions. He's 12 and five in the UFC. Like I said, he's been around forever. And before that, he was in Strike Force. Strike Force never die. Uh, three and one in Strike Force. So he's got a lot of hot, uh, top level experience. Combined, that would be what 15 and six in, in the big shows. Uh, he's won three straight fights. So he's a bit of a late career resurgence for him. Um, and he's knocking off young prospects too. Uh, he's won five of his last seven as well. He's at plus 145. Um, Mr. Holland, uh, 21 and five, 11 knockouts, six submissions. 8-2 in the UFC. Uh, he also was 1-0 in Dana White's Contender Series and 1-0 in Bellator. And he was an incredible 5-0 in 2020 alone. He won five fights last year. He's won eight of his last nine fights as well. So he is surging after losing his UFC debut. He will be two inches taller, four inches of reach, eight years younger, striking stats in his favor, minus 175. All that stuff makes you want to pick Kevin Holland, but uh, this is... This, it's a tough one for me to to pick here because because Brunson should not be underestimated. And Holland still is a little bit of a of an unknown against super top level guys. Yeah, and and that's the reason I'm taking Derek Brunson too. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm going with the underdog here because a like you said, you know, you look at those five wins for Kevin Holland, and yeah, the the Jacare one looks good, but the the Jacare one is actually why I like Derek Brunson in this fight is because if you look at that fight right. Kevin Holland won that fight from the seam of his pants, throwing a punch that nobody had any business knocking anybody out with. And, and props to him, first of all, for having power from that position. But he's also knocking out a guy whose brain is probably made of jello cubes by now. So, you know, knowing that, we, we can't really be real confident in what he was able to do to Jacare. Because what I saw in that fight before that happened is Jacare took him down. Jacare was taking him down and controlling him on the ground. He actually took him down twice. Uh, and it looked like he was getting into good positions when he did eventually get punched in the face, right? Like he postured up, he was looking to pass, and he got caught with something really funky. Uh, we can sort of assume Derek Brunson won't get caught with something like that and won't get knocked out from the seam of Kevin Lee or uh, Kevin Holland's pants. Sorry, we talked about Kevin Lee earlier. Kevin Holland's pants, but like he's a guy who's got 10 takedowns in his last three fights and not against slouches against guys who are tough to take down like Edmund Shabazian. He manhandled Edmund Shabazian. He like took it to Ian Heinish. Like not, while these aren't the, you know, these aren't the Israel Adesanya's of the world or the Paulo Casas or anything like that. They are top 15 guys and clearly top 15 guys are close to it. In the case of Ian Heinish, who just fell out. I, I think Derek Brunson has showed that he can wrestle when his striking isn't working and I think that's a, a area of weakness for Holland. So I, I like Brunson because it gives him, you know, I, I think it's probably a toss up on the feet and he has that in the chambers to use if it's not going well for him. The couple, couple things make, make me kind of lean towards Holland. Brunson's 37. He's been knocked out five times. Um, Holland has the, the physical advantage on the feet. He's got the length, he's got the size. Um, but yeah, the, the experience though is is a bit of a um, bit of a um, a question mark for Holland because he hasn't fought anyone um, at this level as of yet. His takedown defense is only 52% also, which is a little concerning. Um, I think I want to uh, and Brunson hits three takedowns a fight. Uh, not super accurate, but he hits a lot of takedowns. But I think I'm still going to go with the bigger, younger. Um, guy but uh, like i said it's, it's a bit of a toss-up it, it, it's kind of good that we have different picks here but um so how, how do you see the fight finishing um either holland via knockout or what brunson via what i i think holland's re key, real path to victory here is he, he's got to knock him out right like you know like he he's not going to go five rounds with brunson and come out looking better um because first of all you know like if he's hitting 
Brunson and he's not knocking him out, like, what does it look like? You know, and, and Brunson throws, you know, in my opinion, when he gets in exchanges, throws better volume, better combinations than, than Kevin Holland. And in addition to that, he's going to have grappling top time. If this goes 25 minutes, you can count on the fact that Derek Brunson is going to have, you know, 10 to 15 minutes of uh, top time. So I actually think that, you know, Holland's only path to victory is that knockout. And, and that's sort of why I like Brunson here is that, like, I actually think there are lots of different ways that this could go. He could ride him out with tons of grappling. He could, you know, win a striking exchange in, in – uh, you know, go 25 minutes winning that way, he could knock him out too. You know, like he's got power in his hands. We saw him, you know, absolutely mop the floor with a striker like Loyola Machida. So like for all of those reasons and the fact that I just have so many paths to victory that you could draw for Brunson and it seems very narrow for Holland, I, I think that's why I have to go Brunson in this one. Yeah, it's it's um it's definitely uh, an interesting fight. I'm looking looking forward to uh, to seeing how this one shakes out, and even more so now that we have um, have different picks. Uh, but I'm not hitting 49% of my picks so, uh, by accident this year, Dan. I know what I'm doing here, all right, Mr. 42%. <laughs> yeah, we definitely. Uh, I know I'm I'm, I'm not doing a coin flip. I'm doing something slightly worse <laughs> than that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But but we're we're on the we're on the upswing, guys. Don't worry. It was a lot worse, surprisingly. If you're just uh, if this is the first episode you listen to, uh, you got in at the right time. <laughs> yeah, consider yourself lucky because you would have been uh, would have been broke by now. Um, we were talking about some hashtag throw them in a parlays earlier or prop bets. Um, what do we like here uh, for for props and or parlays? So I, I mentioned my prop that I loved earlier. I, I like Max Griffin wins by decision. He, You can basically get a guy who I think I think you should play. You know, obviously you picked against me on that one. But if you're playing Max Griffin, I think that that's the right one because he's gone to decision in all of his fights with the exception of the ripping Ramiz Brahimai's ear off and losing to Colby Covington in his debut like 37 years ago. So I like that fight going to decision, and I also like Max Griffin by decision. So wherever you feel most comfortable in there, I like that one. I also think as far as, like, a parlay goes, I love putting Grant Dawson in one here. You know, at negative 200, the the number doesn't look great, you know, or, or, you know, I think it's even edged a little higher than that, right? I think we said negative 225 earlier. It seems, that seems a little steep, but, like, at the same time, like, I love the physical advantages he's going to have moving up a weight class. So I like putting him in one. And I would say if I'm looking to put him in one with somebody, um, you know, maybe Macy Chiasson. Like, Macy Chiasson seems like she's a, a safer play. And if I'm going to put two people together, that seems like one I might like. There you go. Dan's playing matchmaker now. He's, he's putting people together in parlay. So, <laughs> um, all right. Now I forgot we have to do a lock pick. Um, just a reminder, since I'm waiting here, I'm two and zero since we started doing locks. Uh, up 63 percent money. Dan is a one and one and down thirty nine percent. Since we switch back and forth every week on who drafts first, I'll give you a first pick this week or this, all right. this episode. All right, well, that's good because I have one that I'm pretty passionate about. I'm going to take J.P. Bays. Uh, I think J.P. Bays' advantages over Bruno Silva are very clear. I love his wrestling. He looked great on the Contender Series doing it. I think he's a cinch to win here. All right, there you go. J.P. Bays, if you get on DraftKings, when I uh, posted all these lines, he was at minus 182 at that time. So get in there while you can. Um, I'll take a little bit of a... A, uh, more favored fighter. I'll take Macy Chason at minus. I don't think minus 15 is too bad for her because despite um, losing to Landsberg, she is uh, looks like looks like the real deal, and uh, Renault's on her way out. So we'll, we'll take Macy Chason, and you can take uh, JP Bays, um, and that will be our locks for the week. Um, both both Fortis <laughs> MMA fighters too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they have a lot of fighters on this on this card. And they had um, two two last week come away with wins too. Uh, right. Uh, Fry and oh now the second one's escaping me too. Who else? Oh, Ryan's fan knocking uh, Misha right. Sergan off silly. Yeah, uh, a pick we had wrong. That's why <laughs> you, you got it out of your memory very quickly. I'll just beat that um, one right now. <laughs> the way it goes uh we will be back on either we'll be dropping either late sunday early monday um with our recap of of how we did um with with this fight card and we'll break down the news of the week uh like we'll um talk about the ufc's return to a live crowd at ufc 261 is it i think 
Yeah, yeah, two sixty one. Um, we can talk about like I said, we'll talk about that on Sunday. But we'll just get a quick estimate for Dan. How many um, people will Dana White kill um, by having a packed stadium of fans that at, uh, in the middle of a pandemic? You know, I understand that this is a gambling podcast and it is our yeah. job to make predictions, <laughs> and that is one that I just don't want any of the juju of. Uh, no. this is, this one's going to be a pass for me. <laughs> no. Yeah. This, that was just me taking a dig at Dana White, but, uh, regardless, um, we'll, we'll have news like that. Um, we'll ignore the possible, um, risky behavior by the UFC. And we'll just tell you about the awesome three title fights they have on that card and whatever else happens in the next few days, we will let you know on the Sunday slash Monday podcast. In the meantime, make sure you follow me at Twitter, Jeff Fox Writer, and Dan would be Gumby Vreeland. And you can follow our writing at sportsgamblingpodcast.com and mma-manifesto.com. And like I said earlier, make sure you get in there uh, before the fights kick off on Saturday in our Pick'em contest. Uh, you can win 50 bucks to whoever you want in the world um, within reason. Um, I guess that was pretty much wraps us up for this podcast and as usual i guess i better leave you with uh words of encouragement from uh motorhead and lemmy um that would be they say i'm born to lose but gambling's for fools but that's the way i like it baby i ain't gonna live forever and the Winter Soldier has arrived on Disney+. Plus. The world is upside down. We can't lose this fight, Bucky. If we do this, we're going to do it our own way. Experience the six-episode event. Work partners, co-workers. Not necessarily the team. No. We look damn good. Marvel Studios' The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, now streaming only on Disney+. Plus.